Praise the Lord and good day to you. Welcome to our Romans Bible study here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad to be with you today, whatever day it might be, whenever it is you may be listening to this broadcast online. We have finished, as of last Thursday, 15 wonderful chapters of this great letter written to the church in Rome, really by God through the Apostle Paul. And we are about to enter into the very last chapter of this book of Romans today. And I just want to say before we begin to move through this last chapter, what a joy it has been and the things that we've learned. We could start all over tomorrow and, and, and go all the way through it and be enriched even greater than we have been over the last two and a half years. We began to teach Romans twice a week, and I rarely, rarely missed a session. In March of 2018, we began to teach Romans, and it has been wonderful. You can go back on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, and begin at the very beginning and work your way through verse by verse, and I I guarantee when you come out the other end of that Bible study, your life will be different. If you want to know the truth of God's Word, if you really want to grow and want to walk in a place where you're co-laboring with the Lord, experiencing daily that the Lord Himself, walking with Him, talking with Him, and learning how the Holy Spirit works in our lives, you will be truly amazed at what the Lord will speak to you even beyond what you will hear in the teaching because that's just how he is. He takes uh, the teachings of the gospel found in the word and, and he just enriches those things in our hearts. And, and we're just so thankful for uh, these 15 chapters that we've gone through and we're about to uh, dive right off into the very last chapter. And I think about the church in Rome and, and I, how, how appreciative I think they must have been to receive a letter from the Apostle Paul and how I have to believe that surely they thought this was God's man and that God was giving him the, the, the words of life they needed. And, and they, they, I would hope that they trusted in what God gave Paul to write to them. I know I have become more amazed over the last 15, 16 years about what God gave Paul to write in this letter than any other portion of Scripture. Because the book of Romans teaches the child of God how to live exactly what happened at Calvary. More than a, a, a glimpse occasionally of a man who died on a tree, but how that we died with him, we were immersed into his death, and that sin can't dominate us, the sin nature can't dominate us any longer because we're under grace. And, and all these rich, rich truths are found in the book of Romans. And, and, and to be able to uh, study this to have been kept for us from what 1900 or so years after it was written and we today can have the words of almighty god given to the apostle paul to us gentiles is a blessing beyond really 
comprehension, to have the Word of God in our hearts. Because the Bible speaks of the Word of God after everything is folded up and tossed away, the heavens rolled up like a scroll and removed, and the earth uh, wasted with fire and regenerated. When, when it's all gone, the Word of God, who is God, by the way, will still be standing as unmoved by anything, faithful to the end. And I pray that your hunger and my hunger would deepen daily for the words of God's truth to be found in our hearts as the light to our path, the wisdom that we need for all the decisions we will make in life, that God would be included. If you're a Christian, God dwells in you, and you were placed in the Spirit, Romans 8 and 9. See, amazing things have come out of this, and you know, we've dabbled around within the Spirit or out of the Spirit, but the Bible says if Christ dwells in you, you're in the Spirit, in Romans 8 and 9. And we won't get into it this morning as we've discussed it throughout this book, but I'll mention it. It's one thing to be in Christ. It's another thing to be found walking in Christ. It's one thing to be in the Spirit. It's another thing to be walking in the Spirit. And uh, you'll have to forgive the noise of that train going by, but it sounds like money to me in a prosperous nation. Trains hauling cargo of all sorts of things down the, down the tracks in our great nation. But again, it's one thing to have been born again and entered into the Spirit. It's another thing to be found walking in the Spirit. In the Spirit, you began in the Spirit through faith in the cross of Christ, then walk in that faith. Hallelujah. So much, so much God has given to us in these last days. I believe it's His plan of increase and increase and more increase until He actually shows up for His people. Has it not been that way throughout the generations of men, even, even among the, the Israel lights the Jewish people God gave increase and increase and increase until there he was with the full portrait of God pictured in Christ at Calvary with even the declaration it is finished hallelujah the, the knowledge is increasing as the Lord told Daniel and he prophesied that that in the last days knowledge would increase not just computers and technology but the knowledge that God wants to increase in our hearts, which is the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. How blessed we are today to have the Word of God. And I know there are few in the earth today that value God's Word with the highest and utmost important in their lives to where it literally is what they hunger 
and thirst for daily to find that bread of life, that, that, that those words of God's righteousness. All his words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, hallelujah. And his righteousness is revealed in the gospel. And we hunger and thirst to learn God's word in its gospel context so that we can have the light of Christ daily, eat of that daily bread for the sustenance of our souls daily. We need it. And that few, whoever and wherever they may be in the earth, they are walking by faith in the Word of God, valuing God's Word above all things. For He has forever settled His Word in heaven. And I pray that you and I as the days go by, we'll settle His Word in our hearts as the utmost and most important thing for our path is the light that comes through the revelation, the illumination of Jesus Christ, the living Word of God that we find in the written Word of God. May we travel through this last chapter of Romans and find the enrichment of the Holy Spirit in our lives filling our hearts with joy and peace and the power of God that we know is toward us who believe. So, Lord, give us what we need as we begin to travel through this last chapter of Romans. I believe you will in Jesus' name. I commend unto you, Phoebe, this is part one of Romans chapter 16, here on the ninth day of November in 2020. I commend unto you, Phoebe, our sister. He's telling the church in Rome. This is a letter. He's writing to Rome again. We mention it all through so we don't get our minds off in some other direction. And he's telling the, the church in Rome, I'm commending unto you, Phoebe, who is our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Centria, that you receive her in the Lord, as become a saint. I'm sending her to you. She's coming to you. Please receive her in the Lord as that is becoming saints. See, our lives as children of God should so far, I'm not talking about on a higher plane, but I'm talking about because we carry the, the aroma of the knowledge of Christ, the very light of God within us. Jesus went as far as to say you are the light of the world because he lives in us and he is the true light that came from heaven. But you and I, not higher than anyone, but different from most all on the earth today, should stick out, if you will, like a sore thumb. We, Our lives, Paul tells the church in Philippi, should be becoming that which is the gospel. And that is equivalent to living as lives which are becoming that of saints. A saint is not what the Catholic people, which is not the church, the Catholic people have said saints are some elevated place. Oh, it is mighty elevated. It's so far elevated. It's in Christ at the right hand of the Father, praise God. But it's not what those people teach about becoming, reaching some level of, of above other people. No, a saint is simply someone who's trusted in Christ Jesus and what he did at the cross for the forgiveness of their sins. 
and they've been placed into Christ, that is a saint. Not because they've reached a place of sainthood by this or that, but because they've trusted in the one who suffered for them at Calvary so that they could be brought to glory to the Father. Now I want you to think about that. A saint is a child of God. The church is a bunch of people who are, God considers to be saints. No more classified as sinners, though we sin, but now classified by God as saints. But our lives and all through the Bible and the New Covenant, we see that we should be living lives that are becoming the gospel, living lives acting out, trusting in what Christ did at Calvary so that the Holy Spirit can move in our hearts and change us and we can actually bear the fruit that is becoming that of saints, that of who we are in Christ, children of God, not just this church member or this uh, p preacher of the children of God, saints. He says, receive her, this Phoebe, as become of saints and that you assist her. <laughs> Don't just receive her, but assist her in whatsoever business she has need of you. For she has been a succour, which means a helper of many and of myself also. Apparently, this Phoebe is someone who has helped Paul and helped many. And when he's speaking of help, he's talking about just helping him present the gospel, praying for him to be able to present the gospel, uh, do whatever uh, physical needs, whatever materially, uh, whatever material needs there are to, to help in whatsoever business she has need of you. Paul apparently trusts Phoebe and the call of God on her life to whatever avenue it is that she's called for one of the big-time gifts in the church is the, just simply the gift of helping. Helping. Sometimes we think because we're not the pastor, we're not the associate pastor, we're not the youth pastor, we're not the praise and worship leader, we're not the musicians, we're not the singers, we're not the... what? There is something for all to be faithfully seen participating in. Even if it's something you've not been assigned to, even at a local church, you could greet the people when they come in with joyous expressions, so glad to have you today. Aren't we blessed to be able to come and worship God and to hear the, the gospel, the word of the Lord? I, I mean, just uh, how you doing, your family? Glad to have you. I, that is a huge ministry in the church or to, to assist when you see uh, areas uh, uh, of need, whatever they may be. That helps ministry is beyond the word massive. That helps ministry. It, it, is, is most of the time it even goes really unnoticed by most. But let me remind you, God always notices that labor of love. The Bible says he's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love in that you have ministered and do minister to the saints is what the scripture says. 
God's not overlooking your labor of love. Even if you're considering yourself that what you do is not very much, and let me say it from the pastor's death, stop that. <laughs> Nothing is small and a, and, and, and a minute uh, 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 avenue. If, if, you, if you are doing something for the Lord, it is huge, and He's not overlooking it, and you will be rewarded for it. Thank God for that. And Paul is here sending this letter ahead. As he gets ready to close this letter out, he closes it and he begins to name several people, as we'll see here, as who've helped him and, 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 and different avenues of expressions toward these people who've helped him and that are going to continue on in ministry, even when he's gone. And he lets the church in Rome know receiver and, and, and receiver as saints receive the people of God. That means in faith, in love, expecting God to do things uh, through the way you receive her and through uh, co-laboring together. Now, and whatever the Lord is sending her from Centuria to Rome for, know it is God and get involved in it and help, you know. And, and uh, you know, when... when, when there is a, a church that is being planted in, in a community, and it is a church whose focus is on the gospel and, and not the other things. The, the, the focus, even though the other thing, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, getting people saved, uh, uh, praise and worship teams, and, and children's ministries, and just everything, praise God and praise God again for all of that. But the focus has to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're talking about the message of the cross. It has to be the centerpiece on the table or it'll just be ministry about self. We need to remember that. Whenever there's a church being planted and the Lord has begun to impart this truth of to you of, of, of sanctification by faith that he's pouring out his spirit concerning in these last days, teaching us how to, according to the Word of God, possess our vessels in sanctification and honor, to glorify Him, to, to bear the fruit that only He can produce in us, and to have treasure rewards laid up in heaven for, according to the Word. You need to get involved in those places. You need to become active in those places as becometh saints. She's been a helper of many and of mine also. In verse 3, Paul says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. He, 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 he now mentions uh, Priscilla and Aquila, this man and this woman, who are also Paul's helpers. In whatever avenue that Paul needed help, listen, these people, they weren't waiting to be asked, is there anything I can do to help? Their hearts were open. Their eyes were looking for avenues to help. And that is the life that is being lived as becometh saints. Saints are involved in a local church. Saints are, they, saints are involved in a local church. And they are not waiting for somebody to come and ask me what I... They are looking and if they, and it's as simple as I said earlier, 
just the look upon your face, the friendly invitation and, uh, of welcome toward people and, and, and just the desire to meet people and, and to, to meet new people. There are people in, in churches that in most churches have a little small time period there during the service where people get to shake hand, hug a neck, meet people and, and, and these things. And really, I'm not being ugly, but a lot of times we just go to the same people. It's like a habitual thing. We should look around to see... Where's a face I've not seen before? Or maybe I've seen them, and, but I don't, I don't know their names. And, uh, and I'm not talking of a church that has 10,000, 15,000 in it. I'm talking of a church that has 100 or 50. or less. You should know the name of everyone in that facility. You should know the name of everyone in that facility. You should make it a point to go and shake the hands and meet the people you've not met before. Because if it's a first-time visitor, do you know that makes them feel welcome? Now, I know there are people that I wish they'd just stay away from me and all that. You know, well, that's that's. we just need to not worry about that. We just need, at least need to say we're glad you're here today. And, 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 and not just in a church setting, but on the job, in the classroom, in the marketplace. We need to be looking for an avenue, an open door to minister. Just to be recognized. I'm not talking about going out and prying your way into people's lives. I'm talking about looking for that door that God will open, those opportunities just to bear witness that you're a saint. Everybody else is griping, pitching fits about whatever's going on, and you're just carrying the expression of Christ. We'll make it through this. God is faithful. If he's brought us through all the things we've gone through before, he'll bring us through this as well. Those are true statements. We're trusting God, and we don't need to get caught up in all the things going on, my friends. This It's been prophesied over the last few years that the Lord is going to strip this nation of all that his people have placed their trust in. And just because it begins to happen, <coughs> we shouldn't be freaking out over it. We shouldn't be going haywire over it. We knew it was coming. And we know the darker days lie ahead of us. But the promise of God is that the path of the just, that means the path of the righteous, shines brighter, shines more for us who are on it until that perfect day. If you're a child of God, you've been put on the path of righteousness to serve righteousness, to bear forth the fruits of his righteousness. And if you're involved in that, if you take advantage of that, then that light will be recognized by you as becoming brighter. And we need to understand that is the life that is becoming saints, a life that is becoming the gospel, the fruit of the gospel. He says, greet Priscilla and Aquila. They're my helpers in Christ Jesus. That means they're ministry-minded. They're looking for a place to serve. And listen, when, you, when, you, when you we're looking for a, an opportunity to serve the Apostle Paul, that means you were looking for an opportunity for the gospel to go out to take care of the needs of those who were focused on 
the gospel. Not just find a church where you can do something, but find a place you can serve God through service to his gospel. The gospel, not just because it's on the sign or on the business card or on the front of this newsletter, but because it is on the pulpit. It flows from the pulpit. God's word is opened and it bleeds red. Hallelujah. And the people of God are able to behold the blood of the covenant, which is found in Christ Jesus and all the words of God flow from that context. Hallelujah. There's where you need to find the place to help. There's where you're going to find that light. You're going to see that light becoming brighter. Hallelujah. He says in verse 4, who have for my life, get this now, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Where, where, where are we in that story? Where are we in that story? Are we involved in a ministry that preaches what Paul preaches that is determined as Paul was to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified? That the focus is really the gospel for the salvation of the lost, but hold it, those that gather every week, 90% hopefully are saved. <laughs> I would hope most people that are in church every week are born again. So what is it they need to hear? They need to hear the, the message that empowers them, gives them wisdom to live the, the life that becomes saints, that becomes the gospel. What is that? It's the message of the cross. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is to them who are perishing. It's foolishness, no need for that. But to us who are saved, us who are saved, us who are saved, it is the power of God. Hallelujah. That power that's toward us, offered to us daily, for us. Hallelujah. And Paul says, these people have for my life mm, laid down their own necks unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Where are we in that story? I can't get around that question. Where are we in that story? Are we looking for opportunities? There's so many people today, uh, Christians are trying to serve God based on their own terms. They've, they've opted out of the local church for the sake of, well, it, it's all about the family, really. No, Jesus said if you put your family before me, the Word of God, you're not worthy of me. We don't get to replace what God's Word directs us to be a part of with our own terms and our own, well, we're doing this and uh, because we feel, no, we don't live by what we feel. We live according to the Word of God. And we have the new covenant written for us, new covenant believers, to show us, especially, we're to look at the early church. Yes, we're to look at the early church, who really, we're supposed to be a family, a community of believers, a, a family community. A community of family, however you want to say it. 
And, and listen, we shouldn't be loving our lives unto death. We should not be loving our lives unto the death so that we can be gospel-centered, gospel-focused, not just go to a gospel-preaching church, but to be willing to lay our lives down so that churches could be planted that preach this message. Folks could be saved to come into that region to learn how to live saved. Amen. Not just be in a church or, or not just not be in a church, but doing my own thing, exalting family above the obedience to God's Word, which is to be planted, by the way, in the house of the Lord as the new covenant lays out for us. Pastors planted in, in the house of the Lord. And we need to get involved. Time's running out. Time's short. And the devil knows it. And we better too. This is going to be a great last chapter. I'm glad you've joined us today. Pray for us. Pray for us. This great light of the gospel has lit up through the years here and there. And then it wanes back down. It lights up and then it wanes back down. Let's not let this light of Christ, which is through faith in His work at Calvary alone, go out again. You know, we no one even had Bibles except in Latin, which most on the earth couldn't even read, but a handful of people for so many years. And about 500 years ago, after Martin Luther had received the, the illumination of God's Word by the Spirit of God, that we're justified by faith, not all the works that we do. And now, some 500 years later, the church is receiving the illumination of God's Word that we're also sanctified in experience daily by faith in the cross alone. And that's it. Nothing else. Not by works. Let's take advantage of this, my friends. Let's be a part of where this focus is the cross. Be a part of where the cross of Christ is the focus and all the teaching and the preaching and the ministry outreaches and their churches planted and their outreaches to, to bring the message of Christ and Him crucified to a dark world, for that is the only avenue of light. Christ is the light, but the cross, His work at Calvary, is what turned the light on because it's the avenue through which God has made us righteous and offers us the opportunity daily to bear the fruits of that righteousness. Praise God. It's only going to get better from here. So tune in with us every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time here in my office for the rest of this book of Romans. And I'm excited to be some more good things coming after we finish this chapter. Uh, God bless you. We love you. Don't forget to pray for us. Keep reminding you, pray for us. And uh, don't forget to be a part of where you're learning the truth of God's Word. You can do that. You can sow into this ministry by sowing online at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can give on your smartphone, just type the word give to the number 903-231-5950. You're to be a supporter of the gospel above anything else you're sowing to. The gospel is what you're to sow to above anything else you're sowing to. The gospel. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.